came out and he took his coat off and he put on a sweater. And of course, we all know he's Mr. Rogers. And of course, his show for children was very interesting. And you know, it was always clean, it was always good, it was always wholesome. And there was a song that they sang. In that song, it went this. It is a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Well, when I read that and I saw that, I thought, you know, this really fits with what we're talking about this morning, what pure religion is about. Because pure religion is going to deal with our neighbor. And especially our neighbor that has a need. Now, there's a statement I'm going to make, and I hope you will catch this, because this statement applies to all of us today. All right, here's the statement. Here's how it goes. We are blessed. How many say amen to that? All right, how many raise your hand? Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed, okay? You raise, I am blessed. And I have been blessed. I'm going to tell you what, more than I deserve. And we all can say that. But here's the second part of that. I am blessed to be a blessing. Did you realize that? I am blessed. Yes, God has blessed me. But I am blessed to be a blessing. And that's our challenge this morning. You and I this morning as we sit here, we are blessed. But we need to realize that we are blessed to be a blessing to others. Now as you look at verse 27, it tells us that pure religion undefiled before God to visit. To visit. The word visit is a very interesting word because there's many meanings to it that we need to look at. Is it as you think about it, first of all, it's a divine obligation, okay? A divine obligation. So if I'm to visit, you're to visit, it's a divine obligation, especially if we're going to visit those who are misfortunate or those who are fatherless, those who are orphans, those who are needy. Now, the word visit means this. It means to go by a house and stop and say, hello. We just moved to our our new home where we're at now. And as I had moved in, there's some people in our road who have stopped, come and knocked on my door, even when I've been out, maybe outside, and stopped and, and, and introduced themselves and welcomed us to the neighborhood. I like that because I think that's what we need to do. It's showing our friendliness, our caring. The word visit also means this. It means getting involved and other people's lives. Now, that's not being a busybody. I want you to understand that. It means that I'm getting involved in your life because I want to be a blessing to you. I'm going to get involved in your life because, you see, God has blessed me. Therefore, I want to be a blessing to you. So I'm going to get involved. What is it that I can help you with? Maybe it's spiritually. Maybe it's something that I can for you physically, something I can help you with. But I want to get involved to be a blessing to you. And that's what the idea of the word this means here. Also, it means this. It means providing help and care for someone. It also carries the idea of giving, and here's something else, sacrifice. You see, if I'm going to be a blessing for someone and to someone, 
then I have to realize there's going to be sometimes a sacrifice of my time, my resources, my money, my, you know, whatever I involve myself in helping that person do. But I'm saying, I want to be a blessing. But to do that, it's going to involve maybe a sacrifice in my life. Then also, that word visit means encouraging others. Now, we live in a world today, I believe, is very discouraging. Everywhere you turn and you go, you see this going on, and this is bad, and this is happening. And you hear a lot of things that are going on in people's lives. But you and I are to be that blessing, that blessing of encouragement to someone who may need an encouraging word from you. Maybe an encouraging act from you. Somehow, some way, you can be a blessing to someone by just what you say or what you It carries also the idea of inspection with a personal ministry toward that person. In other words, I'm looking to be a blessing. So I'm going to search out for someone who has a need in their life, and I'm going to go to that person, and I'm going to see what that need is, and I'm going to see if I can meet that need somehow in some way. Well, I'll always remember those days when we had what we call the porch swing, when you could sit on your porch swing and maybe neighbors would come by and sit around and they would talk or sit down and have a cup of coffee together. They knew each other's names. And you know, there's a good question. Do you know your neighbor's names? Do you know who lives next door to you? You know who lives across the street from you. Have you taken the time to go across the street or to next door? Have you introduced yourself and said, listen, this is who I am. And I just want you to know, I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to try to do what I can to be a good neighbor to you. Now the word there also in fatherless and the widows in their affliction. The word affliction is the idea of the need. And it brings up the question, who? Who am I to be a blessing to? Who am I to be a neighbor to? Who am I to reach out and say, can I help you in some way? Who can I encourage where I live? Well, he gives you sort of a list here, a couple of things. He says the fatherless. And then he says the widows. As one writer said, he said this would involve the orphans. And I don't know if you've ever been to an orphanage. I know Jessica has been to an orphanage and has seen several of these children in the Dominican Republic. And maybe of some place where there's an orphanage. Maybe you can be a minister there. Maybe you can go and encourage some kids there who don't have a mom or a dad. And they just need a little bit of help. And they just need a little bit of encouragement. I was reading the statistics, and it's amazing how many foster kids we have in America today. And I wonder if we could just be a blessing to someone. It also could be the widow. And in 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3, it says this word in the King James says, Honor the widows. The word honor means respect the widows. But how can I be a blessing? be our widows in our church, in my neighborhood where I live? How about those that are shut-ins, the bedridden, the grieving, the maybe newcomers, maybe those that are even lost and don't know Jesus, but that you could be that blessing to them by what? 
being a friend to them and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ? How about the fatherless or the motherless? And we have a lot of children today don't even know who their daddy is, and their dads are not involved in and vice versa. We're to be that neighbor, that person that cares, that blessing to them. And then, of course, it could be the lonely. You know, when you visit nursing homes, there's one thing you always notice. There are those that are sitting out in their wheelchairs or chairs there in the hallway. You ever notice why sometimes they're sitting out there? I remember I stopped and I I talked to one lady one time, elderly lady sitting out there, and she was in her chair. And I, I just began conversation with her. And she told me this. She says, I sit out here because I hope somebody will stop and talk to me. You know what? They don't want your money, folks. They just want your time. They just want your time. So here's a ministry maybe some of you want to get involved in. Say, hey, we could go to a nursing home, and we could visit some people, and maybe we just take a few people here this, this day, and maybe next week, a few people here, but we'll, we'll make a point that we visit people. Maybe we'll take them something, and we'll just let them know that we are thinking them and we are praying for them. Well, we need to be a community-minded church. David Platt said these words. He is a father to the fatherless, and he shows it through his people. Looking after orphans and widows is not an option for the church. It is an obligation for church. Now, Psalm 41. I want you to turn your Bibles there now, okay? Psalm And I'm going to share with you, and I've got about 10 minutes here, but I want to share with you seven principles that God has in his word and his blessings that he'll bestow upon you if you will care about those who are less fortunate than you are. Now, let me repeat that. There are seven promises that God said he'll bestow you and me, and we as a church, if we'll care about those who are less fortunate than we are. So, Psalm chapter number 41, and there, and I hope you're there already, because this is a tremendous passage of scripture. I never will forget when I first to this, uh, we were at a banquet. The pastor shared this point of scriptures with us. It convicted me because I said, wow, am I really doing the... If I would do these things, you know, blessing for my life if I talk about others. Well, verse 1. Here we go. And here's the first principle. He said, blessed, blessed. The word blessed is the word happy. Happy. How do one find happiness in this life? How can one be joyful in this life? How can one find that? Well, we go 
Oh, that money can't buy happiness. We've heard that statement, although sometimes I'd like to try it, wouldn't you? But we know that doesn't work. We also know when it comes to happiness, it just doesn't come. We know there has to be something that happens to bring happiness. And so he says, this man is happy when he considers, notice what it's poor. He considers the poor. He is someone who is looking to help someone who is less fortunate. He is someone who is blessed and says, you know, I'm going to use my blessedness and I'm going to be a blessing to someone else. And as a result of him considering that, considering that, looking at that certain situation, he is going to find a happy heart. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but I've been around some folks that were poor, some folks that were down, some folks that were sick. I got through visiting them. I felt lifted up. Have you been that way? You felt like, oh, this is great. This person, although may have been hurting, going through a terrible time, but they were a blessing to me. And they thrilled my heart. They thrilled my soul. And I got excited because I got to be with a someone who needed to hear some encouraging words. And it thrilled my heart. I want to ask you this morning. Take a little time and consider the poor. Here's number two. Found also in verse number one. Let's read on. He considered the poor. And notice what the promise is. Promise. Not only is there happiness, and the Lord will deliver him in a time of trouble. There's promise of deliverance from his trouble. One forgets oneself to help others. Guess what? God steps in. And when God steps in, he blesses and he delivers you out of trouble. Because you said, it's not about me, I want to care about others. And God said, I'm going to, I'm going to bless that person. I'm going to get them out of that trouble they're in. What they did, they, they went down to that nursing home. And you know what they did? They, they stopped and they talked to that saint who'd been a, a Sunday school teacher for 50 years. Now they're in a nursing home. They're crippled. But you know what? She's still my saint. She's still my child, and this, this person cared about them. And now this person who cared about them may be going through some tough times. What? I got so excited about what they did for, for that saint. They had done all, all that service for Jesus. You know what I did? I'm going to deliver that person out of their troubles because they cared about that person. Think about that. Let's notice another one. Verse number 2. Verse number two, and the Lord will preserve him. The word preserve, I need God's protection in my life. Do you? Does your children need God's protection in their lives? Then I think we need to teach them that we reach out to the poor. Because God said that when we care about those that are poor and those that are needy, what does he do? He reaches down and says, I'm going to protect you. Why does God want to protect us? Because he wants you to keep doing what you're doing, and that is helping those less fortunate. 
So God's going to protect you. Well, here's another example. Notice also in verse number two, very quickly. It says, I will keep him alive. The word keep means I'm going to guard. I'm going to guard him. I'm going to keep him from evil. I'm going to keep him from sin. Listen, if you and I will stop caring about me all the time, and we'll start what? Caring about others? God says, I will guard your life. I will protect you. I'll keep you. Then also in verse number two, here's another one. And he says, and he shall be blessed upon the earth. Blessed means this. When you read that in its meaning, here's the idea. This is wonderful. Listen, listen to this, folks. It means that God is going to advance your life. Advance you. You see, maybe this morning, God just says, if you know, if you just stop caring about you all the time, and it's all about you and what you want, what you think, and you just start caring about those less fortunate, and you reach out and you help those people, I will advance you in that job you've got. I will advance you in your life if you will just keep being a blessing to those less, more, less fortunate. Then know something else. Also this, in verse number 2. And he says, and thou will not deliver him into the will of his enemies. Simply this, I'll deliver him from his enemies. Which means this, I will give him peace, those around him. How do need to have peace in this world? We've got so much conflict, we've got so much criticism, we've got so much going on. We just need some peace. And God said, if you just reach out and care for those less fortunate, I'll give you some peace. There's a promise here. Notice something else. He said this in verse number three. The Lord will strengthen him upon the bed of languishes. Now that means his sickness. And thou will make all his bed in sickness. Which means this. God is going to strengthen you. God is going to raise you up and he's going to strengthen you. Why? Because you're using what God has given you to be a blessing to those less fortunate. And God says, I'm going to strengthen you. I'm going to give you health so you can keep being a blessing. I'm going to give you strength and nourishment. And I'm going to restore your life because I see in you, you what you, I've given you, and you're using it to help others. And I just want you to know, I am going to bless you. See, sometimes I kind of think we've missed it. We, we got so caught up about what we want and what we think, and it's not that. It's that we have been blessed to be a blessing. I sort of want to close with this. You see, in Mr. Rogers, his song that he sings, and it goes like this. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood. A neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Would you be mine? I've always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. With you. So let's make the most of 
beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please, won't you be my neighbor? Now I want to ask you a question, and I close. This past week, who was you a neighbor to? Who was someone that was less fortunate that you, because God has blessed you, you reached out and you said, I want to be a blessing to them. Let's stand. With our heads our eyes closed and nobody looking around. Just bow and eyes closed, nobody looking around. This is an invitation. This morning the message was a challenge to us. And that challenge is simply this. I've been blessed. 